Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the, into the podcast, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, you know, their customer service, even before they were sponsors, w- was unbelievable. It's one of the reasons I, I reached out to them and said, I want you to sponsor, be one of our sponsors on our podcast, because I just believe in their machine so much. And it's just helped our team win so many games. So uh, mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is the one-stop shop. It is my baby. Um, it's one of the reasons we're able to keep this free. We're not going to be charging for our podcast or our YouTube channel or anything like that. Um, but it's also run by a high school coach for high school coaches or youth coaches or even college coaches. Um, it's not run by a, a, a college. It's not Zoom. It's not all these Zoom calls. It's on court. It's demonstrations. It's videos. It's clinics. It's handouts. It's everything you need to become a better basketball coach in a one-stop shop. So if it's not there, I will find it for you. <laughs> All right, let's head off to the podcast. Hopefully, we have a basketball season. I think I might actually have enough podcasts to get me through basketball season. Let's hope so. Yeah, people are very. I, let's hope so. I know. Let's. I'm. A, I'm. A, I teach AP statistics, so um, I've been looking at the numbers. I was looking at the numbers in January with flattening the curve, and it's like. So I have to stop. I've stopped looking at them sometimes because they just like I don't know. Um, Anyway, that's a whole that's that that would be a podcast on itself as whether well. let's, let's skip that podcast. <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I'm not overly optimistic about football season at all, uh, but we'll see. Um, so, Coach, what I'm going to have you do is kind of introduce yourself, and what I'd love to do at the beginning of my podcast is just because I like I've I've, so, I've had so many guests on, I'd like you to tell everyone kind of your basketball journey. Um, so. Introduce yourself, tell where you, where you coach, and then kind of how you got to the point where you are. Because I think 
especially for some of the younger coaches that listen, they always kind of want to know, first of all, how do I get a job, blah, blah, blah. But I, then, you know, I, I think it's important for them to kind of see the journey that we've all kind of had to go yeah. through, that it doesn't just normally happen like that. Um, so if you could do that, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, I am uh, a, the boys basketball coach at um, Leicester High School. Uh, we're out in central Massachusetts. It's, uh, you know, a, a small town, um, you know, single town school. So, you know, we got about 450 kids or so there. Um, you know, I will say my, my journey is not uh, incredibly long. I mean, I have uh, been teaching at Leicester High School for 16 years now. And um, where'd you go to school? I uh, I went to a small college uh, right near here. Uh, Anna Maria College is um, the name of it. Um, right out, you know, where Worcester is the big city right next to us, right in Central Mass. Oh, I know that. I mean, my brother and I both went to school out east. My son's going to Middlebury, actually. Actually, he's not going okay. to Middlebury. He's going to Middle. He's taking a gap year. He's going next year to Middlebury. But um, I was just out east. Actually, I was just in New Hampshire. I don't know, a month ago. So I love that. I, I love. I love the East Coast. But so I actually know where you are located. Yeah, yeah, I know where that is. Okay. Yes. You know, so I, I, I went to Anna Marie College and had a chance to, to play, uh, you know, basketball out there. And um, as soon as I finished, I um, had a chance, uh, an assistant coach of mine at the time, uh, John Petritus is his name. He uh, got the head coaching job actually in the, the same league that I'm coaching in right now and uh, asked if I'd be his JV coach. And so was sort of, um, you know, I always thought I would get into coaching, but I uh, didn't really know when it would happen. And, and I think it was my first year teaching, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, that's tough, man. I remember my first year teaching. It was literally trying to keep, I mean, that was 30 years ago. I just remember like, oh my God. I got, And I was like, I was coaching two sports and I was like, oh my God, how do I do all this? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I, I, I coached JV out there with him for three years and uh, that was a great experience. I think Mostly because, you know, I, I knew what his coaching style was and I knew, you know, sort of how he wanted things run. And, um, you know, that was a great learning experience on my end. And about after that third year, uh, there was a, a JV opportunity at the school I'm at right now, at Leicester. And so, you know, I decided to uh, make the jump there. And uh, after a couple of years, the, the head coaching job opened up and I was able to um, you know, get the head coaching job at the school I was at, which was sort of, you know, I think at the time what was, was really what I wanted, you know, I was teaching there. I knew the kids, you know, I thought, um, you know, I, I thought with five years experience, you know, that was, um, I was ready for it. You're, you're never really ready for it. You know, I, I think when you look back, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, 16 years in, you, you know, you always, you realize like how much you didn't know at the time. Right. But, but, but I think with youth, you think you know it. That's the problem. I think I know less than I did 30 years ago in some days. Um, I think, yeah, I think I, part of it was like, you know the X's and O's, but it's all the other stuff that goes into it that, um, you know, really takes some confidence and, like, maturity and experience to, like, really navigate, you know. So I, I think that was, um, you know, something you realize over time that you had to kind of just learn through the bumps in the road. I do. I, and you know what I tell people too, and not everyone can do this. I think you have found the secret sauce too, in the sense that I, I personally would never coach unless I was in the building. 
Um, that's just me. And having looked back on my career, mine, mine was a little different than yours, but I was also the JV coach and then I ended up getting the job, was in the right spot. Move so, move so I would have an opportunity to do that. But um, I, uh, the number of brush fires I've had to put out in the building you know, over 30 years, it's like, you just, and the thing is, it's like, and I don't know if you've listened to my podcast, but I, I just, I just like having the guys come to my, I, that, that's one of the things I really miss about us being on this. I just miss seeing my guys, you know, um, on a daily basis. Uh, you know, I, I always have, I've, I've always, and I've said this before, I've always, I have food in my room all the time. Cause that's the only reason they'll come visit me. Um, cause they're hungry cause they're teenage boys. <laughs> Um, so they always come and they always get food. Now, even when we go back to school, I don't think that's going to be the case anymore, for, at least for, for the for foreseeable future. But um, yeah, I think that's, I just love being in the building. I personally love being in the building. Um, it's that, it's that what you were talking about. It's not the X and O stuff. It's the other stuff I think that makes it fun. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's, let's go through and do your, let's talk about practice planning. I think that's, that'd be great to do that first. And then I've got, a bunch of questions I want to ask you specifically. Um, right. Let's do that. If you can, can you share your screen or do you? Yeah, let's, let's, let's test this out here. And I'll jump in too, because I'm not one to be bashful. But, oh my God, he's only got five tabs open. I have like, I have, <laughs> 30 I have a tab. My students always laugh at me because I have a tab issue. Uh, you do yeah, not. Yeah, well, I, I tried to close some things down here, so I wasn't. Yeah, that's sure. okay. You're, you're very good. You're much better than I am. <laughs> All right. Can you uh, see Yep, I, I can see that. All right, so we good to start Yeah, here? so before we even start practicing, let me ask when and how do you practice plan? When and how? Yeah, you know, this is, I think I'd probably, you know, would, would sort of get into explaining that. Um, you know, I think I spend a lot of time uh, doing this at, I think on most nights I'm, I'm doing it at night. Okay. I just, once, once you get into the day, it's just really hard, you know? Yeah. I agree. I just, that, I always like asking that time question. I'll leave you alone then to talk about this stuff, but it's like, yeah, yeah. there's a, there's you know, a good question. Because I'm just trying to figure out you know, I, I, people always ask when I do it, I do it. I do it differently than I did before. I do it in the morning the next day. Cause I think I think about it <laughs> when I'm sleeping and um, I always seem to have better ideas the next morning rather than that evening. I don't know why. So um, that's just something that I've found. So um, for me, but again, it depends on the person. All right, go ahead, coach. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I'll just kind of jump right off of that. Um, you know, one of the things I did this past summer uh, was try to create what I wanted to do was to create a, like a singular one page, like practice guide, that I, I would be able to basically build practice off of every day. Um, you know, one thing that happens all the time is, you know, for that first week of, um, for that first week of practice, you know, you take one to two hours and, you know, you're carefully jotting down every second and then you get into like the meat of the season and you've got two or three games that week and I got to pick up the kids after school and, um, you know, I'm trying to get, to JV practice after that and soccer practice. And, you know, one of the problems you run into is that by mid season, you're, you're trying to, you know, cram things together half an hour before practice. And I just hate that. And so I really, really wanted to do was this sit down over the summer and really dig into what, um, what types of concepts or what types of drills we were going to use at practice and uh, get them on a single page 
And that's sort of what I got on, on my screen here, you know, just sort of reminders about practice lengths and uh, what, you know, sort of time frame I wanted to give to a certain section of our practice. And then of course, listing the drills and sort of like general concepts that go with it. And, um, you know, that was a big project that I put a lot of time into over the summer. And, you know, I don't know how, you know, how most coaches feel about it, but I just, I wanted to really narrow down the types of drills that we use and, you know, we, how much stuff you can accumulate over the course of uh, an eight month off season is incredible. And uh, you <laughs> it's, know, almost too much. it's, it's yeah. overwhelming, yeah. right? It's like overwhelming. And I think what you really have to do, and I think when you probably think back to your practice plans, there are core drills that you're using all the time. And there may be one or two new things that you see that you want to add to your core drills. But, you know, I think really filtering out what it is you truly like and want to implement, I think is a great exercise for the off season. And, and that's sort of what I tried to do, you know, with the practice drill, I'm sorry, with the, with the practice guide. Okay. And, you know, to kind of get back to your question about, about when you do it, you know, what I wanted to be able to do is if there were days where I was truly like squeezed for time and didn't have time to sit down and spend an hour on practice, you know, I have it in front of me and, you know, I can simply just grab the things that I, I want to do and they're right on my sheet and just kind of circle them where I want to. And, uh, you know, to be honest, let, let's say we get to practice and, you know, three guys had the flu. They went home from school and, you know, one kid's foot's killing him. He can't practice tonight. You know, now I can be a little bit more flexible and I don't, I can just sort of grab something different or adjust it based on, on, on our scenario. So what are the, what know, are the headers on those? They're kind of small, but what are the, what are the key components? Yeah. You know, and I yeah. think um, just I'll just kind listeners. of jump to my, yeah. my next little, okay. little screen here. You know, what I, I try to do with the practice plan is break it up into five parts. Uh, skill development, transition offense, uh, half-court offense, transition defense, and then half-court defense. Okay. And, you know, I think one of the real em points of emphasis, I think, that I, I, I wanted to, to place this year was to make sure that we're not ignoring certain aspects of the game. You know, I, th I think most coaches spend an overwhelming amount of their time on half-court offense and defense, but we sort of tend to ignore the – the transition offense and transition defense elements of the game. And, you know, so, you know, what I put on my, on my practice guide is, is, is really those five categories listed. Um, you know, the skill development drills that we wanted to incorporate, uh, the, the few transition drills I wanted to use that, you know, our half court offense, maybe short sided games or, um, you know, sort of breakdown drills we might want to use. You know, we uh, put a lot of emphasis on offensive rebounding, this season, this past season. And so, you know, I had a few core drills I wanted to use to teach technique and to um, implement into practice. And then of course, you know, defensive stuff as well. So. Um, okay. So two questions that you might answer them before, but I'm going to ask them. Um, is, do, is that the order you do practice or do you change order? Now, um, you know, generally speaking, that's the order that I um, like to use. You do defense uh, last. It, it, that is generally speaking the way that um, the way that we would do it. You know? Okay. Um, now I did, you know, I was kind of talking practice planning a little bit last week, and you know, one of the points of emphasis I, I made was, you know, you do have to be careful to not to not have the same routine every single night. 
Right. I mean, like, you know, you're a teacher as, as well. You know, you know that you, you tend to over plan in, in classes and whatever right. you plan last, you know, it never gets its full due. So I do yeah, think they, you got five minutes to the bell rings and you're going, oh, crud, I got 20 minutes of stuff to get through. Yeah. Right. And if you're doing defense last every night, then, it, you know, that can't be what gets shortchanged every night. So I do, you know, as we move through the season, you know, I, I do like to switch roles. Okay. Um, so that's so the first thing. So the go, second, the second thing is where do situations fall in? Would they fall under half court offense? Yeah. You know, so what I think we would do a lot, you know, I try to, I try to incorporate the special situation stuff into our half court offense segments. Okay. Um, so, you know, if we're working on side out, you know, try how to, how to flow into our half court offense, you know, maybe we'll, we'll set up a, a five on five half court game, but every rep starts with side out. Okay. You know, we'll, we'll do the same for baseline out of bounds. Cause I have found over the years, the two spots that I have lost, I, I tend to lose time on out of those five categories is, is situational stuff, which I've really worked on and shooting. Um, just getting shots up are the two that I've had to really work on. Not, you know, um, I'll have guys shooting the ball really well and then we just don't get enough shots up in practice to keep it. It's that repetition thing. Um, those are the two spots that I have found, but yeah, keep going coach. I'm sorry. No, that, that I, I actually, you know, I agree. I think, um, you know, two things I've, I've tried and I, I'm probably not perfect at this, but um, you know, two things I've tried to do, like one of them with, with special situations is to, is, is, you know, Sunday nights tend to be like, you know, our, it were two days away from a game type of practice. Those are the nights where I like to really work on the, the different specials, whether it's, you know, we've got a foul at this point in the game or, you know, we've got to, to get a, a last second shot or something, you know, those type of special situations I like to reserve for like Sunday nights. You know, I think what we did a lot as we went through the season was we would, we sort of made Sunday nights, one of our lift nights. So yeah. You know, Lifting's would, hard to lifting. Is with hard. The lift. You know, you know, so that was one thing I, I tried to do. Um, you know, I still think I could, you know, I'm, I'm sure there were a few Sundays where I, I, felt the need to do something else as opposed to that but right there's always and, these nagging things like oh god we got to figure out how to stop john from the other team or something it's like you get like yeah i know there's always those things nagging at you too like but i love this i love that outline it's great yeah you know the shooting i think is really i think that's a great point because i would argue that i've probably done the same thing and 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 i think i've tried to be more cognizant of of um getting more shooting in. And one thing that, one of the things that I've tried to do like over the last couple of years is to incorporate like more elements of our offense into the shooting drills. So oh, that's a good idea. You know, like, like I was saying before, we ran a little bit of motion strong this year. So, you know, we would, I uh, put them in, in pairs, you know, at each end of the court and, you know, one guy is the, is, is the passer. One, one guy would be, you know, sort of working on his, his cut off the staggered screen and, and getting into a catch and shoot. Um, so just trying to like replicate little pieces of our offense in the shooting drills. Yeah. It's one of those things like my son who graduated is going to middle, like I told you, is going to Middlebury um, is a shooter. <laughs> and the only reason it really came to my forefront was he like, he, after his junior, he goes, dad, we gotta get more shots up, man. I'm just, I gotta, and it's like, I went back and looked at my practice plans and he's going like, holy crud, you're right. I mean, and he's thinking as a shooter, I get it. I mean, it's what he need. He needs reps. Like, it's like, so it's like, 
that's where I tried to build in some pre-practice stuff for him, some post-practice stuff um, for all of them that, um, that they could just get up. Sometimes it's mental. It's like shooting free throws with them sometimes, I think. You know, <laughs> they just need reps um, to keep that, keep that uh, arm going. All right. I'm sorry. Keep going, Coach. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, that was, um, you know, the, the bulk of, of, of like what my practice guide would generally look like. And, okay. You, know, you can see on that right-hand side what I would typically do from, you know, in any given night is just kind of based on the time we had, whether it was an hour and a half or two hours, we would just pluck a number of those drills. You know, I think if you look at our skill development piece, you know, I would try to pull out something shooting, something finishing, and then, you know, either something like, ball handling related, or, you know, perhaps it was, you know, cutting off of a screen, you know, but it would be those little elements I wanted to get to every night, you know, whether it was right. a different type of finish, maybe it's live one night, maybe early in the season, we're just working on like the technique of it. Um, but I would try to pull little pieces from that every single night. And I, th I think, you know, along with the idea of making sure that the skill development drills were reflective of the kind of shots and, and attempts at the rim that we were going to get in games, you know, I think that that is um, a good example of like how I would try to pull something each night. Right. I love that. Okay. Um, you have anything else you want to share with that? Or yeah. You, anything you else? Know, I just, um, I got some, you know, just. Oh, that'd be great. Drills. No, show those. I'd love to see those. Go back to that. I'd love to see that, especially a shooting thing. Holy crud. I'd love to see that. Okay. Yeah, so you know, pretty much what I just did in in the presentation is is try to put one drill for each of the sections that okay. you know that we use pretty commonly. Yeah. Uh, you know this 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 drill is um, Olympic shooting is is a drill like this is a Jay Wright drill, and what we would you know simply do is try to get uh, our kids in in groups of three, um, use both ends of the court. You could even use you know if you if you if you had bigger teams you know even use the side hoops, but. Uh, I would generally speaking would time them and I, I'd give them 30 seconds and each group has two balls. One person is without a ball. And the idea is uh, the first shooter takes his shot. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And uh, he is going to rebound it and get it to the guy without a ball. Obviously, after the first guy shoots, the next guy would then take his shot. And the idea is you're going to get the ball out to the one player who doesn't have it. Okay. And I think you can incorporate a lot of different things in this. You know, since I had already said, like, you know, we do a lot of four out, I would say, look, at, I want you guys getting to a slot or getting to a corner each time. And uh, obviously, you know, you want to keep your eye on, on the types of passes they're making and, you know, if, if that was a so point basically they all the two guys that have the ball shoot and they get their rebound, pass it to the open guy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You know, I mean, this is like, a, you know, we might open open practice with something like this. Yep. Right? So, yep. I call you know, these we, we have our JV team in the gym before we practice. So I don't have like a, you know, it's rare that I get a half an hour for like a pre practice thing. Like we got to right. go. So this is something maybe, maybe we'll do in the first 10 minutes of practice. Just get guys some shots up get moving to different spots, you know, 
just that kind of stuff. I, lo- you know, I love this drill. I love this drill. I saw Bo Ryan do this at Wisconsin, I don't know, 20 years ago. This is a great drill because um, it, it gets them moving. Ways, right? Yeah, and the thing is you can do this with two guys with one ball, um, and it works the same way. Um, and then I just have different, I have different windows as far as how many they have to make. Um, but it, it forces, they can't stand around. That's why I like it. There's, there's, they're always moving. I love that. That's why I love this drill. And, um, you know, you, you could, uh, one last thing I was going to say was just, you could make it competitive. You know, what we did some nights is, you know, we, th- those two groups compete against each other, you know, wh- whoever's got the most, you know, sort of banks, a, banks a win. Um, and you know, if, if you were uh, one of these coaches that does like a, a you know, a competition cauldron, right. You're tracking wins, right. You know, that's a great thing. Like the, the team with the most wins, you know, you give them a win for this type of a drill. Yeah. Um, you know, some nights I might just have them yell out the numbers and say, Hey, let, let's get a hundred makes right now. And, and you know, well, I'll be adding up the numbers. I think that's what I'm actually doing in this video here is just it's adding up the makes. I, the team. I know. Um, so, you know, there's different ways you can ratchet up the competition or, it, or, or just sort of like, you know, get the guys in rhythm. But I like that drill for that kind of stuff. I do too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the transition drill I put in here is just, uh, we called it 2.0 trip. So basically we're going up and down the floor, like down and back twice. Okay. And, uh, you know, the, the, the basic emphasis would be, you know, we want our five guys. Uh, we always have the four man take it out. So no matter what, after each made basket, the four man would, would take the bat, would take the ball out. Our point guard would always go to the outlet spot. And, you know, we're just harping on our wings to sprint, you know, wide on the outsides. We're harping on our rim runner to sprint right to the rim. We're harping on the point guard to get it and go. And each trip we would just kind of be like working on our, our progression, right? We pitch ahead the first time and score it. The next time we will, you know, we'll say no pitch ahead. He attacks the middle and gets to the rim. Um, you know, you know, on the third trip, maybe he pitches it ahead and we enter it to the post to the rim runner. And, um, you know, I'll alternate this, but like on trip number four, sometimes I'll just simply have the point guard change it slot to slot. And that enters us right into motion strong. And, and we'll just get a quick rep of five on five motion strong. Okay. Or, you know, there might be nights where we add a defense and we'll say the next five guys are waiting for them to get there and meet them. And so they have, they're playing live five on five, one possession, and then they get off and the new group goes and runs it their way. So I like, this as like the first transition drill. Like let's do this, but let's, let's, let's make it habit about our, our rim running and our spacing. And then maybe we'll do something that's like a little more live after this. Okay. But I kind of like this is this is a drill we do a lot just to get them up and get some moving. I like that. You know, the coaches that, you know, hey, let's let's get rid of our let's, you know, in between uh, skill development transition. Let's run three suicides. Like, let, let's just make this our running. Let's get it right. up and down. Yeah. And, and push the pace a little bit. So I, I like this drill. Like simple, just, you know, something to kind of uh, teach our spacing. Yeah, I, I won't. I'll try not to like uh, belabor the point because we, you know talked about this oh we talked about four on four cutthroat i love that yeah you know and and i was saying about the constraints you know these are are essentially like you know four things that are going to happen within our offense you know we're going to get the four on four strong stagger so let's say we we play the four on four cutthroat with the stagger as our beginning action um you know in some cases we'll we'll say hey let's play four on four with the post in the game and we'll just sort of like replicate maybe perhaps getting a post touch on the swing. 
right. you know, he may not be open, but let, let's, you know, let's, let's at least involve him in this action so that we can teach how to cut off of the post entry and whatnot. Um, you know, what we, I did a lot late in the season was we were having some trouble. Uh, we played a team that was doing a nice job, like denying slot to slot passes. So we worked on bypassing that four man and having him going in down screen for the three to come catch at the slot. So we would start the possession with that, right? Get up and deny it right away, force him to cut through, and we play live from there. Um, and then you know, just simple drive in space. Like no matter what you run for offense, you're going to have drive in space at some point in the possession. So right. I feel like that's something that I like that. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I won't like belabor the point. No, no, no. I mean, I, I like, I, I, yeah. And, and the thing is the emphasis on what you need to work on. And, and if you're running dribble drive, you're going to do something different than if you're running motion like you're running. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, perhaps you're just, you're just working on loop action. You're working right. on lots of slot cut and attacking the gap. Yeah. We run like the last couple of years, we've run like a read and react slash dribble drive thing. And, the the off ball stuff is what we really work on when we're doing this. It's like we're just trying to fill spots, but yeah, I love that. Yeah, you know, this is one I I um so I had kind of mentioned before. You know, we experimented a little bit with uh you know crashing everyone this year and um, crashing everyone to the offensive glass. Yeah, and, you know, I, I had put a lot of lot of time into investigating, um, you know, crashing everyone, and I mean, you know, I. I are we getting it on every possession? Of course not. But, you know, my goal was for us to get um, get three or more on the glass. You know, I, I did a study last last summer. I went through every single, um, you know, I listened to a couple good podcasts and it got me thinking. And I went back and watched every single missed shot and tracked how many people crashed and how many people did we get the rebound? Did we score it? If we didn't get it, what did we give up in transition? And I really came to like two big conclusions. Like number one was, you know, when we got three guys to go to the glass, good things happened. And uh, both from a offensive rebounding standpoint, and we didn't give up as much in transition. Uh, you know, the, the worry to having to, to def, you know, to box out the crashers was beneficial. And, you know, the, the second big thing I, I really looked at is, is um, we needed a better strategy for our guys in the corners. You know, when you run four out, you have those two guys in the corners a lot, and, and shots go up. And, and uh, you know, on a lot of those misses, those guys are in really poor position to get back on defense. So I really want to have a better plan for us crashing, you know, to either like crashing to the rim or simply getting back. And so what we try to do is put a lot of emphasis in practice on uh, attacking the offensive glass. And, um, you know, so we would do something like, like this, where, where we would, you know, we'd do it three on three, you know, I've seen some good stuff out there, like two on two, but, you know, I just feel like the more people you got on the sideline, the less quality, you know, the session is. So I like the three on three more, get more people involved in it. And what we would do is swing it on the baseline and then once it gets, we, you know, we, we have three guys obviously on the baseline and then three on the perimeter. And we would swing it. We'd enter it all the way across, uh, across the, the um, you know, across the key. And then we would close out. So a chance for us to work on closeouts there. And then typically we'd get like a shot from that moment. And what I would be teaching would be our offensive rebounding techniques. So, you know, on the right-hand diagram, 
you know, let's say you're crashing from the top of the key, which is a really dangerous position to crash from, you know, we would work on pinning, meaning essentially like your hands in the small of the player's back, you know, worst case scenario, you're in between him and the, in the rim if you don't get the rebound. And then on the right-hand side, let's say you're the guy crashing from the wing, we taught to get to the high side. So to crash to the upper shoulder of the, uh, of the defender here. That way, again, like if you don't get it, you're in a good position to match up and play from there. And, and basically we would get that shot, we'd work on our offensive rebounding, and then we'd simply play it down and back. Right. I mean, generally speaking, like I feel like those half court box out drills where like, let's say the drill ends right here with the shot and rebound. Right. I, I always felt like we just didn't get as much out of that. And yeah. There's no, there's no reward for them either. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, do you have any size issues? Like I'm just thinking if I did that with my team, I have a tiny, tiny guard. Um, no. You know, I, I have not like really, um, gone into our film from this past season and done the same in-depth evaluation okay. uh, of the offensive rebounding, you know, outside of some, some basic offensive rebounding percentage numbers and whatnot. But I think the two times we ran into issues would be number one against teams that had significant size advantages. So like, even if we're sending three, we're not getting it right. In those occasions, I, I think we ran into trouble in some games. Okay. Um, you know, where we didn't have like, Hey, even if we're 50, 50, you know, we're, we're shoulder to shoulder, you know, against an equal size kid, we're going to get a good percentage of those rebounds. Right. But if we're playing a six, five kid inside and, and my, my center is six, one at best, you're going to have problems. It's not 50, 50, you know? Right. And so you, but you send, but you send all five of them. I mean, you know, yeah, I think that's the goal, right? The goal is to send five. And we send in the goal sending five, but really only three do it probably. Yeah. You know, I think on more occasions than not, we would get four. Okay, four. Okay. I think on most occasions, you know, your your shooter generally kind of floats back. Right. Uh, back on defense. And get if we can get our other four to get inside the three-point line. Yeah. Um, as, a former, as a former shooter, I would have hated if you'd have yelled at me to go because all of them were going in. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, there's a little bit to be said for that. Um you don't want him to rush the shot. You don't want him to be off balance. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, yeah. I, I agree. I've always kind of thought, like, especially if you're shooting a jump shot, like, that, yeah. your focus would be on landing and finishing, not sprinting in. <laughs> right, sprinting in to get it, yeah. Then yeah, what's the five-on-five on, five on the side then? Um, yeah, you know, oftentimes what we would do is uh, just simply play five-on-five five, half in the half-court set. And uh, what I would do is dictate the action that I, that I wanted. And I would sort of dictate the defense. So let, let's say we, we're, we're going to get an emotion strong and uh, I, I want the defense to go over and I want to get a straight cut shot out of it. So we'll run through the offense, get the shot. And from there, we're going to play it live. So this is another chance for us to teach offensive rebounding techniques. Okay. Make sure if you were on the backside, you know, you're crashing to the high side. If you were up top, you're pinning your man in. Right. And then we would simply, whether it went in or whether it missed, we would play it live down the other end and then play it live coming back the other end too. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that, that, that's nothing like innovative, but like let's just run a little offense here. Let's get a shot and then let's play it live from there. 
rather no, than- I think it's great because you're doing, I don't think a lot of people spend time on this either, to be honest with you. Um, no, and I, I think that was one of the, you know, I kind of do my own self-study at the end of every year. And I think that was one of the things I said was, you know, I won't bore you with like our, our whole season story, but you know, we had a, we had a really late start. We had a bunch of guys who were banged up sort of from football season. And uh, one of our starters got hurt in like the first week of practice. So, uh, you know, I really kind of like shied away from full on rebounding drills right. in those first few weeks. And I think, you know, our seasons in Massachusetts are, are very short. I mean, you know, we have a two week preseason. Uh, we play 19 games. And so then every start, single game. You, I'm always interested in this guy. I talk to coaches all over the country and the world. Where, when do you start and when do you end? Uh, we start the Monday after Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. That just we boggles my mind. We start, we start the second week in November. And we end the second week in second or third week in March. That, that's a that's a roughly sort of, uh, you know, if you're a couple rounds deep in the playoffs, you're going to be playing into March. Okay. Um, you know, if you you know losing in the first round, or if you don't make it, you're probably ending that second. Yeah. Second third week of February. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a quick season, and I mean, you know, let's be real. Like in a in a small town like ours. I mean, uh, I think we had 13 kids on varsity this year. Ten of them played football, and right. <laughs> they, they got to the state final. So we actually they were not at practice at all for the whole first week. So realistically, we had a week right. until our first game. And you know, every in in the way it works in Massachusetts, every game counts. I mean, you got to win 10 of the 19 games to get in the playoffs. So, um, you know. Every single game is important from the from the jump, and I, I think, you know, to kind of get back to what what I was saying with the, with the crashing is, I'll be honest, I, I you know, banging like that in the on the offensive glass uh, every single day was something I probably shied away from a little bit because of you know some injuries and whatnot. And right, I think you're right. Like you're not going to get good at this unless you place a lot of emphasis on it. And I think that's you know kind of where I was getting get when I was when I went back to last summer I was like we got to carve time out every day for this if we're going to be any good at this at all and um you know and I, I think I, that's an important practice planning thing going all the way back to your beginning is if it's important to you you have to carve out the time for it um and not forget about it to be honest with you yes yeah yeah you know the only other thing I had on here from like a um from a drill perspective is is it's just this simple, like three on three, um, double gap drill. So, you know, I put this in the defensive section because I'll be honest. I mean, I, I maybe, I don't know that all coaches like to teach defense this way. I just, I don't enjoy teaching, uh, defense in sort of like, you know, uh, two on one drills or like, you know, uh, like, at one point in my career, I'm sure I did a ton of these, like three line, everyone does their closeout drills. And then, uh, you know, I teach, you know, the next time we'll teach our, 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 our jab at the ball, get back to your man drills, like with no live play. And I just have enjoyed teaching defense more from like a three on three perspective and, you know, being able to teach stance and, uh, you know, our off ball positioning and, and help rotations I, I use a lot of three on three early in the season to kind of teach those principles. I do so, too. I, I do. I, yeah, I don't do as many. I mean, to be honest with you, the only time I do one-on-one, two-on-two drills is during tryouts. 
yeah. Um, because I just want I want this kid to go against this kid, and you can't hide. Kind of like even three on three, you can hide a little bit. Um, so the, I, I think that's a great idea. Um, yes, yeah, so, you know that, that's that's all this was. You know, I, the example I threw on in the fast draw diagram was, you know, I, this is actually kind of set up in our four out spacing because this I kind of diagrammed this out for our offense, but. You know, typically what we if what we would do is is go point wing wing, and and uh, let's say we want to work on on ball defense. I'll just say to the offense, you know, the only thing you can do is is um, you, I'm sorry, only thing you can't do is screen on the ball. So you know, you pass, you got to make a cut to a corner. You know, creates a lot of like one on one drive opportunities, and that'll be a good way for us to kind of teach. You know sideline baseline and teach stance and right. teach the little elements of our half court defense that we want to teach. So, you know, I, I put that in there as an example because I, I think that like exemplifies more of how I would. What have you done the last couple of years defensively? And we play a, a little bit of, I mean, we'll play man to man and we'll play two, three zone. Hey everybody, hope you enjoyed that. If you want to support us, you want to help us keep the lights on here at teachups.com, go over, join, 14-day free trial, and then stop the car, subscribe, like, Apple five-star review. That would be good. All right, maybe. Have a good day. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.